Hello, this is the World Economic News by Coldwater Economics for Friday the 5th of June. The purpose of this bulletin is simple. I'm trying to keep you abreast of what's sticking out as unexpectedly good or unexpectedly bad in the data from the world's major economies. Today's data included seven surprises and seven shocks, which continues the general trend towards economic data stabilizing or becoming more predictable. In fact, the run of data has been gradually normalizing, and today, for the first time since the first week of April, the Cold Water Global Shocks and Surprises Index rose back into positive territory. That positive run is led by Asia, but the US is likely to turn positive in the near future, and only Europe remains solidly negative. May's labor market data from the US was, without doubt, the biggest surprise of the week. Earlier in the week, ADP told us that private employment in the US fell only 2.76 million in May, which is about a third of the fall expected. But that surprise paled into insignificance when today's labor market surveys came out. Employment counted on a company reporting basis actually rose, actually rose by 2.51 million, with private payrolls up 3.1 million. Employment based on household surveys gained 3.84 million. This data is such a surprise that it's natural to assume there's something wrong with the figures, some government dodge that's disguising an underlying continued deterioration. But if so, it is hard to find. In fact, the official comment that the improvements reflect a limited resumption of economic activity seem difficult to fault. For example, the number of unemployed on temporary furlough fell by 2.7 million to 15.3 million. The number of people who've been jobless for less than five weeks, i.e. right in the coronavirus date, fell by 10.4 million to 3.9 million. The number of people in full-time jobs rose 2.2 million. Part-timers rose 1.6 million. And the number of people not in the workforce, but who want a job, i.e. those dropping out of the data altogether, fell by just under a million. The rise in employment also means that, quite unexpectedly, the unemployment rate fell 1.4 percentage points to 13.3%, whilst the labour participation rate rose by 0.6 percentage points to 60.8%. Unless these figures are flat-out wrong, which seems unlikely, this labour market data is the biggest and best surprise we've had in months. It was a reasonably busy day for Asia's data, and the region produced four shocks and three surprises. The two which stood out, though, were both shocks. Japan reported very weak trade results for the first 20 days of May, and Singapore's April retail sales results were actually worse than Hong Kong's. The first 20 days trade data suggests that for Japan, May, May's sequential activity continued to slow. Exports fell 26.2% year-on-year, with a monthly movement which is 1.7 standard deviations below historic seasonal trends. If that doesn't sound too dramatic, it's because it masks the fact that when it comes to, it comes in the wake of even more dramatic sequential falls in March, down three standard deviations, and April, down 2.2 standard deviations. At the beginning of this week, South Korea reported that its exports fell 23.7% in May, 
but that the sequential movement was tightly in line with trends. No such luck for Japan. Import demand was similarly weak for Japan, falling 20.9% year-on-year in the first 20 days, and down 1.3 standard deviations from historic trends. Up until May, Japan's import demand had remained reasonably steady. That, too, appears to be over. Singapore reported that its retail sales fell 40.5% year-on-year in value in April, with vehicles falling 77% and sales ex-autos falling 32.8%. Not only was that much worse than anticipated, but it was even worse than the 36.1% drop that Hong Kong reported for the same month. When you contrast the deluge of dreadful political news, which has discouraged mainlanders and other tourists away from Hong Kong for nearly two years now, when you can compare that with the favourable coverage Singapore has received internationally for its COVID response, that Singapore's retail sector can be doing even worse than Hong Kong seems extraordinary. At the heart of both is the collapse in sales of watches and jewellery, the portable wealth favoured by wealthy visitors. In Hong Kong, these sales dropped 76.6%. In Singapore, these sales dropped 87.8%. In Europe, it was mainly shocks today. Two of those are technically shocks, but who can honestly be surprised that Spain's April industrial production fell 33.6% year-on-year, or that Italy's April retail sales fell 26.3%. The shock worth noticing was, I think, the 25.8% month-on-month fall in Germany's April factory orders. There really was no bright spot in this data. Domestic orders fell 22.3%, foreign orders fell 28.1%, with Eurozone down 30.6%, and the rest of the world down 26.7%. And that fall seems to have been felt broadly, not just regionally and geographically, but also across industries. Capital goods orders fell 30.6%, intermediates fell 22.7%, consumer goods fell 11.4%. The tentative signs of recovery that are being seen in Asia, and now also in the US, are just not yet visible in Europe's data. Well, thank you for listening. I hope it's been helpful. If you'd like to know more, please feel free to contact me on mjtcoldwater at fastmail.com.